Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Bakersfield 3 is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. To work in a newsroom, you have to have a special skill that is learning how to work without the blaring news from the police scanners driving you mad. And that's just if you want to skate by, essentially, doing the bare minimum. A truly skilled employee in the 17 newsroom can not only get their work done with the scanners going off, they can also listen to them at the same time. This is, in my opinion, an incredibly impressive skill, one I was never good at especially since most newsrooms have several different scanners playing at the same time. Here's a little snippet of what that sounds like. I think listening to that all day would make the average person want to rip their hair out. But not 17 News Assistant News Director Erica Torres. I'm very good at listening to the scanner. I can tell when there's, you know, breaking news happening or a big event. The scanner is key, because without it, there are tons of things happening we'd never know about. Or if we waited for the police to notify us, it would be long after the scene was cleared, which for TV news especially, doesn't work well. Erica has been the one who heard and alerted us to countless fires, shootings, standoffs, you name it. But there's a lot of stuff on the scanner that Erica listens to that isn't something we'd really send a news crew to. Pursuits and chases are an everyday thing, nothing out of the ordinary. But one summer afternoon in July 2019, Erica was listening to scanner chatter about a foot pursuit that had an interesting twist. The pursuit ended up in the river. I'm Olivia LaVoice, and this is The Bakersfield Three. Remember a few of us started to gather around the scanner and kind of joke to each other. That's a new one. People do all sorts of things to try to avoid the cops, but jumping into the Kern River was a first. And based off what dispatchers were saying on the scanner, it sounded like a first for them too. Subject in the river that he was chasing. They're requesting you bring your boat. We're in the water about 10 seconds ago. It should be right directly in the middle we confirm with county fire see if they have a boat. Uh, we can only fit one officer on the fire boat. 
At one point, we weren't sure if the officers wanted to get on a boat to go grab the suspect in the water to arrest him or rescue him. Either way, it was all pretty interesting to hear tidbits of it as I was getting ready to fill in on the anchor desk that night. I think we were about 30 minutes into the 5 p.m. newscast when I started to hear a commotion coming from Erica's desk. Everyone knew that I had got a hot tip. I think every time I hear something big, I run into our news director's office that I told Mike Try he, I don't know if I can curse, but holy shit, I, Matthew Queen is in the river. Now it wasn't just an interesting, weird standoff anymore. It was a big story. Former 17 News producer Raphael Strode had to scramble in the middle of his newscast. Basically, were like, oh my God, it's Matthew Queen, right? Yeah. Uh, just stranded in the river while police were trying to figure out a way to get to him and uh, figure out how to arrest him and bring him back on the land. During the newscast, literally, I think we were meeting in between commercial breaks about how we need to get Olivia on this story because it's her story. Yeah, Liv was anchoring that day. And eventually we were just like, get her out there. An anchor leaving the desk in the middle of a newscast wasn't something we'd normally ever do, but this was big. What were officers arresting him for? Of course, we all had the same thought. It had to have something to do with Bailey's disappearance. And that's what was going through Jane's head when she got the news. I look at my phone and I have all these texts and mixed phone calls. And I think I called Di and she's like, Matt Queen's in the river. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get over there. But by the time Jane and I got there, all the action had fizzled out. Matt Queen had eventually on his own walked out of the river and into police custody. Here's Sergeant Garrett. The water wasn't extremely deep. He was able to navigate it fairly well. But I mean, there's at times where he submerged himself into water to try to hide from us. And as it turned out, police weren't even there to arrest him that day. We went there to execute a search warrant on his Suburban, as well as get a buckle swap from him. And he uh, fled his place of employment and led us on an hours-long standoff, which wasn't entirely expected. The intention was to get a saliva swab, his DNA, and search his car. But when he ran, things shifted, and that day all police would say is he was booked into jail on a kidnapping charge. Of course, we all thought, does this mean he kidnapped Bailey? It didn't. The next day we got confirmation the kidnapping victim was not Bailey or Micah. It was a guy named Caleb whose name had come up several times after Bailey and Micah went missing, as he was part of what the moms call the circle. He hung out with Bailey, Micah, and Matt Queen. The alleged kidnapping took place shortly after the Dr. Phil episode aired in early 2019. Queen and two of his friends woke up Caleb in the middle of the night and allegedly forced him into a car. They had a gun, which turned out to be a BB gun. But Caleb reported being scared for his life nonetheless. Queen wore a bulletproof vest and questioned Caleb about him talking to police about Queen having and or selling guns. Caleb also told police about another unsettling incident between him and Queen that happened not long before Micah went missing. Caleb said it started out like a regular day with him and Micah going over to Queen's house to hang out. The voice you'll hear asking him questions is prosecutor Eric Smith. We walked in the house and went straight to the garage and then uh, it, he pretty much just told me to sit down in the chair and he zip tied me to it. What were you thinking when it happened? Oh uh, man, I didn't know. 
it was hard to judge with Matthew because we, he was a very good friend of mine, and I didn't think he would necessarily kill me, but he was definitely uh, wasn't screwing around, you know. So you didn't think you were going to end up dead? You just figured you might get hurt. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I I couldn't say for certain, you know. It was a weird time for everybody. When you're getting zip tied to the chair, where's Micah? He was uh, sitting across the table from me. What was his demeanor? What did he oh, look like? He was like? scared shitless. Did he say anything? No, he, he, he just kind of sat there like, like he wanted to help me, but he didn't know what he could do. What about Mr. Queen? As you're getting zip tied to the chair, what's his demeanor? What's he acting like? He's acting like a friend still. Like it was all a big joke. Like he was, he was real jovial about the whole situation. Did you think it was a joke? I mean, at first I kind of did, but then, you know, once I was zip tied to the chair, then it wasn't funny anymore. And it wasn't funny for him anymore either, I guess. Caleb said Queen then brought out a shock collar. After that was placed on your neck, what happened next? He shocked me with it. What did it feel like? I mean, well, it didn't feel good. It wasn't as uh, as awful as, I mean, it, I expected it to be, but it definitely was, you know, scary and discomforting. Hey, after you've been shocked, what happens next? Uh, he tried to get Micah to shock me, too, and he wouldn't do it. What happened next? Uh, he hit me in the face with the barrel of a gun. Now, after you were struck, what happened? He stuck a Band-Aid on me and uh, drew a smiley face on it. According to Caleb, after Queen put the Band-Aid with the smiley face on Caleb's bloody swollen cut, he cut off the zip ties and went back to acting like they were friends. The moms heard this story early on in their investigation and eventually convinced Caleb to come forward. The incident gave us a glimpse into the strange world queen and the circle we're living in, where friends are scared of one another, or at least scared of Matt Queen. One month after his arrest and being charged with kidnapping Caleb, Queen was hit with more charges, this time in connection to a young woman who was a friend of Bailey's. We're calling her Molly. Molly was another witness the moms found and begged her to come forward. Molly eventually told police that Queen had pointed a gun at her on two different occasions before Micah or Bailey disappeared. The first was in January 2018. Molly says she and Micah were in Queen's car when he suddenly drove them to an orchard. Molly says Micah seemed terrified and jumped out of the car and took off running. Molly says after Micah ran off, Queen grabbed a gun and ordered Molly to get out. Here is audio of prosecutor Eric Smith asking Molly about this. After Mr. Queen points the firearm at your head, what does he say to you? How would you feel if my daughter grew up without a mother? What was your response to that? I got on my knees and started begging for my life. Was he asking you any questions? Like, explaining to you why you had a gun pointed to your head? Yeah, uh, something of the sorts of if Bailey uh, has been cheating on him and I said, no, I don't think she is. The second incident happened on March 21st, 2018, just a couple days before Micah disappeared. Molly took her one-year-old daughter to Queen's house to see Bailey, who she says she was worried about. At Queen's house that day, Molly says Bailey confided in her that she was pregnant and not sure what to do. 
According to police reports, Molly told Bailey she didn't need to go through with having the baby, among other things. And unbeknownst to her, Queen was standing just outside the door listening. Here's Molly and Prosecutor Eric Smith again. I was talking about how the relationship that she should get out, that it wasn't healthy. So when he walked in the room, you were telling Bailey to essentially move out, break up with Mr. Queen. Mm -hmm. Yes. What was his response to that? He went into his closet. I was sitting on the couch. My daughter was walking. He comes out from the closet and pulls the gun to me again and said, get the fuck out. I got up, I moved, and then um, Bailey tried intruding, and then Bailey ended up getting pushed and slammed up, up against a wall, and then she, Bailey looked at me and said, go, so I grabbed in the car seat, and I, I ran, and then he followed me out and chased me to the street. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. As someone who hears about crime day in and day out for a living, I try to find a balance between being aware of the terrible things that can happen to people, especially women, while also not trying to let those thoughts take up too much space in my head. I strive to be conscious of safety without being fearful. And what really helps me strike that balance is having a home security system. When I turn my Simply Safe alarm on before bed, I just sleep better, and that alone makes it worth it to me. Your home is where you should feel the safest, and having that sense of security is really nice, especially when you're binging true crime all the time, like I know a lot of you listening probably are. Some great things about Simply Safe is it's really easy to set up. There's 24-7 customer service, there's no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners peace of mind, and you deserve that too. Right now, you can get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash Bakersfield. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Perhaps one of the more surprising things about Molly's story is despite the fact that Queen threatened her at gunpoint in January, a couple months later, she still went to his house and she brought her baby. And after he chased her down when she fled his house the second time he pointed a gun at her, she went on to let him drive her home because she said it was raining outside and she didn't want her baby to get sick. If that seems bizarre, it's because it is. But yet, not unusual for this friend group. Numerous people who say they were terrified of Queen still hung out with him. Caleb discussed this strange dynamic when describing to prosecutor Eric Smith what he was feeling during the incident when he awoke to Queen standing over him with a gun, demanding he get up and go with him. It was complicated because in the past instances I'd had with him, like it, it would be like a really scary situation, but then 
it would be all joking and laughing at the end of it. And it was so, it was unpredictable. Complicated indeed. And it seems Micah also felt the same way. Several people say Micah referred to Matt Queen as Scary Matt, and at times seemed genuinely afraid of him, but they still hung out, and often. After the incident when Queen brought Micah and Molly to an orchard, causing Micah to run off seemingly terrified, Micah sent a meme in a group chat with him, Bailey, Queen, Molly, Sarah, and Matt Vandecastiel. It was a photo of Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Micah wrote, quote, the expression on Matt Queen's face when he's about to execute you in the orchards. The group chat seemed to get a kick out of it. But Sergeant Garrett didn't think any of it was a joke, and the charges against Queen, ranging from threats and assault, continued to pile up. Unlike the last two times Queen had been arrested in Bakersfield, he couldn't bail out now. I saw it all as a tactic by Sergeant Garrett, and I figured he probably wanted Queen behind bars one way or another. If he couldn't get him on murder, he was going to get him on everything else he could find. Well, he had a pattern of ongoing violent criminal activity. And in order to safeguard our public, I uh, started investigating all these other things. And ultimate goal was getting him held to answer on those cases. So if that meant him being incarcerated, that does safeguard and prevent further victims. I asked Sergeant Garrett for his opinion about Queen. He's actually a smart person. Uh, he thinks of himself highly. I don't know him personally, per se, but I feel like I know him just the amount of hours and stuff I've looked into in his life over the years. He's very calculating. And basically, you know, he likes to pick on people that are weaker mindset of his. And that's what he did continuously during this investigation. Some people Queen hung out with didn't have jobs, cars, or even working cell phones. But Queen wasn't like that at all, really. He lived a double life. He had this whole life of criminal activity and stuff, and then he was actually a productive person at work, which is kind of unusual. Queen seemed driven at work, involved with his kids, made enough to have nice things. I heard from some people he just seemed like a completely normal guy not someone you'd need to be scared of. That was something I found myself wondering about too that first year of the investigation. Who was he at his core? Was he scary? Was he dangerous? I remember earlier on in my reporting, a couple people telling me to be careful of him, that he didn't like me and I should essentially watch my back. It was odd because I've reported on many suspected criminals ranging from gang members, to a guy with face tattoos to make him look like the Joker who told me that killing someone was better than drugs or sex could ever be. And no one ever suggested I should be nervous until this case. When they were worried about you, I was worried about you, to be honest. He, he, he scared me. Coming from Bill, the big, tough former cop, made me pay attention. You know, I always said if I... If I had another, if I was a detective again, I would have wanted you as my partner. I mean, you're a bulldog and tougher than a woodpecker's beak. But it doesn't matter if you're Olivia LaVoice, five foot nothing and hundred nothing, or big fat Bill Darby with a gun on his hip. If he wants to kill you, he's going to kill you. The first and really only time I got Queen to speak with me face to face, he said he'd consider meeting with me and giving me a flash drive with information. Who knows what that meant, as he never did give it to me. 
But during the conversation, I noticed he had clear braces. He wore a plaid shirt and had a backpack on and was somewhat soft-spoken. In that moment, he seemed more like a nerdy dad than a criminal mastermind. He was a middle-aged electrician suffering through braces, hoping for a straighter smile. He didn't seem so scary. But overall, I wasn't sure how to view him, what was real and what was a facade. Here's Sergeant Garrett and I discussing this. I mean, some people will describe him as someone that seems so dangerous and scary and powerful. Scary mad, as they referred to him. Well, actually, he, he referred to himself that way, too. So I think he got off on exerting his power over other people. He has prior convictions of similar nature. And it just seems like that's his thing. After Queen's arrest, he tried to stay positive, or so it seemed in phone calls he made to his girlfriend, Sarah, who'd been Bailey's good friend, as well as the former girlfriend of Queen's good friend, Matt Vandecastiel. Sarah was now at home taking care of her and Queen's new baby. On this recorded call from jail, Queen appears to tell Sarah something to the effect of everything is in God's hands and everything happens for a reason. The audio quality is terrible and difficult to make out. Marrying me, even though I'm in prison, for me to see that you do love me, not your money. Queen says maybe it was all a test, one it seems Sarah passed after he asked her to marry him from behind bars, and she accepted. He says that showed him her love for him is real, that it's not just about his money. Just a note here, the pair never did get married. Anyhow, Queen also tells Sarah on the call, everything they've been through led them to having their baby. That little baby wouldn't be here. I know. To go through all of the things to get him. I, I hate to say it, I mean, like, if it was like Bailey had to go for us to be together. It's difficult to make out, but Queen appears to tell Sarah, we had to go through all of it to get him. I hate to say it, but Bailey had to go missing for us to be together. But as the days started to go by, Queen's positivity lessened, and his frustration of feeling like everyone had the wrong idea about him grew. In another difficult-to-understand jail call, Queen says he's never hurt anyone in the circle of friends, consisting of Bailey, Micah, Caleb, and others. I'm the one that's out here trying to save not fucking hurt them. I'm the in shining armor. Quote, I'm the knight in shining armor. Because I didn't do anything. People are shit. And you know the one I'm talking shit. You know because you were there, baby. You were there. Queen didn't elaborate, but the implications seem to be that Sarah knows the truth about something because she was there. What that might mean, we didn't know just yet. A couple weeks after Queen's arrest, something happened that was the first and only purely happy event for the moms since losing their kids. A baby was born. I was told that it would be near impossible for me to ever conceive naturally if I ever wanted kids. After spending years thinking it could never happen, Bailey's sister Caitlin got pregnant, and it had a big effect on not just her own family. When Cheryl and Lance and when Di found out, everybody was just real ecstatic and happy in that moment. 
Everyone agreed. The baby was a gift from Bailey. Caitlin thought a lot about her sister and her friend Micah during her pregnancy. I knew regardless on if it was a boy or a girl, we were going to incorporate their names into it somehow. Caitlin says her decision was also based on how close her and Micah's families got so quickly. We had came up with her name Laramie and then decided on Laramie Micah Bailey. Having Micah and Bailey's name hyphenated together as her middle name just felt right. The baby girl felt like a light all three of the families needed in their lives. So for a time, though it was brief, there was a true feeling of joy before everything in the three moms' lives was about to be turned upside down. What are the moms thinking? How does this change how they work together? That was probably the biggest surprise so far in a case that's been full of them. That's next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.